You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number 42. Most of us who have been abused at some point in our lives realize that we lost our voice, like being shut down or invalidated, or maybe you felt you never had a voice to begin with, like starting in early childhood when we were never heard by our parents and taught that children should be seen and not heard. Either way, I want you to know that whether your voice was lost or if you feel like you never had a voice, you can reclaim that for yourself. Today I'll be giving you some steps and some questions to think about so you can feel confident in having that voice again. I want you to leave here not only believing in yourself and your voice, but also being able to remove emotion from your conversations and any other ways you want to use your voice so you can feel confident in being who you are and knowing your voice is valid no matter what. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny, so let's get started. Okay, so first I want to tell you a little bit about me. When I was a little girl growing up, I was quite well known as being sweet little Allie. I was perfectly polite. I never caused problems. I was teacher's pet, and all my friends' parents adored me. So from the outside, I was an ideal child and really well-behaved. But there was a problem. I was afraid to use my voice. I went along with what everyone else wanted. I never caused problems or confrontation. I did as I was told. I never rocked the boat. And while some people thought this was great because it benefited them, it was awful for me because I was making sure everyone else around me was comfortable, even if that meant I was really uncomfortable. I was sacrificing my own needs, my own wants, and my voice for everyone else around me to be happy. Into adulthood, this problem followed me around. I ended up in a 20-year relationship with an emotional abuser and walked on eggshells trying to keep the peace and keep him comfortable. But I'm a different person now. I use my voice in many ways and that is only because of what I know now and the tips I'm about to share with you. So if you want to reclaim your voice too, get out a pen and paper and take some notes and let's get started. The very first thing you have to know is that your subconscious thoughts and beliefs are what create your emotions and your emotions are what dictate your behaviors. So if you speak up or if you don't, that action actually stems from your subconscious mind. First, I think it's important to note that many people think things about themselves that allow them to stay in this trap of feeling like they have no voice. They use words they've always used without considering alternatives. They may think things like, people don't like confrontation, but that's simply a belief. It's a belief because it's not true for everyone. And they may think things like, it's wrong to inconvenience other people. Again, just a belief. Anything that isn't 100% true for 100% of people, 100% of the time is simply a belief. The mistake here 
is confrontation and inconvenience usually have negative associations. A lot of people associate it with being aggressive or causing trouble or being a burden. And if this has the association you're making, then of course you wouldn't want to use your voice. The words we use have so much meaning. And if we aren't careful about the words we use, we might get stuck in negative thought patterns. Those negative thought patterns cause us to feel certain ways and then behave accordingly. One of my clients and I were talking about her thoughts, and one that kept coming up was, no one wants to hear the opinions of someone who is anal and OCD. She was using these terms about herself constantly, and they had a negative association for her, so she wasn't using her voice or speaking up at work or with friends and family. See how her thoughts were creating the emotions of fear and then preventing her from speaking up? Yet she kept using the words anal and OCD. So I said to her, couldn't some people see how you are as being attentive to detail and really organized? And her eyes lit up and I saw her body just sink into relaxation. She had been using words to describe herself that made her believe that no one wanted to hear her voice. But when we shifted it to organized and attentive to detail, She immediately thought about it differently and knew at that moment that there are all kinds of people who want to hear her opinions because she is organized and she does pay great attention to detail instead of those negative associations of being anal and OCD. If you keep using the same words in your vocabulary, which is your voice and sometimes other people's voices from the past, then you can't shift out of the emotions that those particular thoughts are creating. Because remember, I said this before, and you can write this one down. Our thoughts create our emotions, and our emotions drive our behaviors. So the big problem here is that if you repeat the same kinds of words over and over without thinking about them, and without finding alternative words with different meanings, you'll keep feeling the same way and keep behaving the same as you always have, not using your voice. Another common mistake people make that prevents them from using their voice is not questioning what other people say about them and then assigning the wrong meaning to what other people do that is related to them not being heard. For example, if you grow up hearing things like children should be seen and not heard or you should listen to and respect your elders, chances are high that you will be quiet and not speak up. Think about it. If you were raised in a home where your parents were always asking you, what do you think about this? What's your opinion? What would you like to eat for dinner tonight? Instead of, you don't get an opinion because this is my house and my rules. How might you be different heading into adulthood? This is just programming. There's no judgment. What you were taught and told by your parents, by your teachers, friends, family, caregivers, and even society all contributed to what you believe subconsciously and then how you feel and how you show up in this world. So if you want to change that, you have to change the programming. As for assigning the wrong meaning, what I'm talking about here is when someone behaves in a way that leads you to believe that your voice isn't valid. If you're telling a story and someone cuts you off mid-sentence and says, get to the point, or if you're trying to express your emotions and the other person walks away and refuses to listen, 
If you're constantly told you're dramatic, too sensitive, annoying, a troublemaker, whatever it is, if other people roll their eyes at you when you're trying to say something important, if they interrupt you and cut you off when you're speaking or talk over you, all these things could lead to you believing that your voice is not important. But here's the thing. You have a right to be heard and you can decide how you want to interpret other people's behaviors. You deserve to have an opinion. Your thoughts and your feelings are valid. And I can tell you this until I'm blue in the face, but the programming in your subconscious mind is something different. And it won't matter what I say, even if I repeat it a million times to you. And it won't matter if you say it and repeat it a million times to you, because that's part of the conscious brain. The problem happens when you inadvertently assign the negative meaning when people behave in ways like I just described. This meaning is recorded in your mind and becomes part of what you believe in your subconscious mind, which drives 95% of the show and leads to how you behave. The last mistake is that we might latch onto needing one person or a group of people or someone to hear us. We have this strong desire for that particular person to listen to our feelings and to really understand and validate us. And the reason this isn't good is because what happens is we hinge our personal happiness on someone outside of us. What if that person never truly hears us? What if they're always shutting us down? What if they continuously neglect our emotions and refuse to really listen? If we can't be happy unless someone else hears us or validates us, well, we could be waiting a lifetime to be happy. So let's break this down one by one. The first step is to really take a close look at how you speak to yourself and the words that you use. Let's use the example from earlier. People don't like confrontation. Because what you're saying here is that you want to avoid confrontation. You want to avoid aggression, difficult conversations, and arguing. What if you replace this word and phrase with something else? For instance, instead of thinking people don't like confrontation, what if you thought some people love a good debate or it's okay to have difficult conversations because they often result in problem resolution? What if instead of it's wrong to inconvenience other people, you think instead there's a time and place to discuss things that are important to me. Basically, what you're doing here is reframing the phrases that you're thinking to yourself on repeat instead of allowing them to run on autopilot. The easiest way to understand what it is you have running on autopilot is to think of a time that you felt you couldn't use your voice and then write down all the things you were thinking to yourself and all the ways that you were judging yourself and the world around you. Then all you have to do is look at it in a different way, with different eyes. What else is possible? Is it possible, just possible, that some people welcome the opinions of others? Lawyers love a good debate. Politicians do too. Maybe you have a friend who loves to banter back and forth in a lighthearted way. All you're doing here is showing your mind something else is possible. What happens is, this breaks the connection between the fear of using your voice and the belief that people don't like confrontation. Because basically, you're showing your mind something different, and it goes, oh, wait, yeah, 
There are people who even like confrontation, and it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. The second step is to avoid assigning the wrong meaning to other people's behaviors. You know what they say about assumptions. The important thing to remember here is that if other people act like they don't want to hear your voice, that doesn't mean your voice shouldn't be heard. If we internalize other people's behaviors to mean we should be quiet or that our feelings and opinions don't matter, we are quite literally allowing other people to program us. So think of it like this. Is there anyone who might want to hear your voice? Anyone in this entire world? And is it possible that by using your voice, you could help other people? What is the benefit of using your voice that you haven't thought of? Could speaking up give your children a good example to emulate? Could expressing your feelings cause someone to respect you more because you're being honest and authentic? Is it possible that speaking up in little ways can help build confidence to speak up in bigger ways that might really help you in the future? Your voice can be heard by speaking or by writing. You could blog or write a book. You can journal or speak on stage. You can create TikToks or Instagram reels and allow your voice to be heard and people will listen. I guarantee it. And write this one down. What are you making other people's behaviors towards you mean about you? If they don't listen, are you making it mean you don't deserve to be heard? If they roll their eyes at you, are you making it mean you must be annoying? If they talk over you, are you making it mean that you're stupid or weak? Whatever it is, figure that out and then look at it in a different way. Could it mean that they're unable to control their emotions? Couldn't it mean that they're bad at communication? Isn't it possible that they grew up in a home where they had to be louder or more manipulative to be heard? Look, this isn't to condone bad behavior of other people. Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between right and wrong or good or bad. It doesn't even understand values and morals. We create that. So I don't want you to get confused here because your subconscious mind just doesn't know. What you're doing here is detaching from the need for someone to hear you because you know it's not about you if they don't. The third step is to resist the need for validation from other people to hear your voice. This is all about reclaiming your voice, but that doesn't mean specific people need to hear it for you to have it or for you to be valid. How awful for someone who believes they need their abuser to hear what they have to say, but that abuser blocks them or isn't on this earth anymore to even hear. If you believe someone else needs to hear you or validate you or understand you or where you're coming from and they don't, your reality is disagreeing with your beliefs and then you suffer inside emotionally. It's okay to be misunderstood. When I learned and accepted this, my life became a whole lot more peaceful. I no longer felt the strong urges to tell everyone everything that was on my mind. I knew I could still speak my voice, say what I wanted to say without guilt or without fear, but that some people wouldn't care and would still judge me anyway. It didn't take away the validity of what I said, and it sure didn't take away my voice and ability to use it. I knew not everyone was going to want to hear what I said, and not everyone would understand me anyway. How could they? They haven't been in my shoes. You can be confident and secure in knowing that even if people don't understand you, 
even if they can't hear you or if they refuse to listen, that your voice is still valid to you because you are the one who matters the most. Okay, so I want to share a little side note. You have to get into the habit of looking at things in a different light. If you're believing inside your subconscious mind, which drives 95% of how you feel and behave, that people will think you're a troublemaker or a problem causer, that you're annoying or too sensitive if you use your voice, then you will never reclaim that voice. Your subconscious mind wants to make you feel safe and comfortable. So if you believe, if I speak up and use my voice, I'm causing problems and that means I'm a bad person, then your brain goes, yeah, we need to keep you feeling safe. So keep your mouth shut or you'll be feeling guilty because speaking up means feeling like a bad person. But what if you couldn't believe that thought? What if instead you believed, if I speak up, it means I'm strong. And if I use my voice, it could help other people and myself. Or it's not my responsibility to protect other people's feelings. Think about that. When we shift the meaning and look for other possibilities, our entire outlook changes and that changes how we feel and how we use our voice. So many of you listening might be thinking, well, that's great. Just speak up. Just say what you want to say. Just write a blog or a book. And your next thought is probably something like this. That's not possible for me. I can't do that. That's something other people do, but not me. And here's what I want you to know. Your beliefs about your ability to speak up or to stay silent are driving your behaviors. So if you believe your story needs to be heard, you will tell it. If you don't, you will keep it quiet. If you believe at your core that no one will believe you, of course you won't use your voice. If you believe inside that speaking up makes you a drama starter and you think conflict is bad, your behavior will follow. You will stay quiet. So you do not have to reclaim your voice if you don't want to. But if you have the feeling inside where you want to scream and shout and be heard and you haven't done that yet, there's a reason. And that reason is in your subconscious mind. Everything you do comes from there. Your emotions drive that behavior and those emotions come from the subconscious mind. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that my personal story needed to be heard. I knew I had to write my book and tell people my story. I believe in the core of my soul that I was meant to share my story to help people, to validate other people's experiences and inspire them and give them hope and raise awareness. There was not a single doubt in my mind. So what happened? My beliefs created emotions inside me that drove my behaviors that made that book come to reality. But let's imagine that I was doubting. If I worried that people might not like it, or that it had to be perfect, or that maybe I wasn't a good enough writer, or that maybe nobody will buy it. In that scenario, my book never exists because my emotions associated with those beliefs create behaviors that do not align with writing regularly and taking action to make that happen. So as you can see, any behavior that you want to change, like using your voice, comes from what you believe first. And if you believe you don't deserve to be heard or that other people's opinions are more valid or important than yours or that you're argumentative because you speak up or that you're causing drama, then your actions or your inactions will be a result of that. 
All right, so to recap, consider the thoughts that you think to yourself and the words that you use and try finding new words with different meanings. Be aware of how you could be assigning meaning to how other people behave towards you and consider something else. Instead of it always meaning something bad about you, what else could it mean? Then resist the urge to get validation from specific people in your life. You can validate yourself. This is where your power comes from because if other people refuse to listen or hear you or won't validate you, does that actually mean what you feel isn't valid? Of course not. And just remember to get into the habit of thinking of things in a different light. This takes practice, but what doesn't? Just commit to yourself that you can look at things in a different way. When you put this into practice, you start to rewire the programming in your mind so that it runs automatically in the way that you want it to, instead of some of that faulty programming that's been running for years and years of your life. I really hope this has been helpful and that you will start to take action to reclaim your voice if that's something you want to do. Say what you want to say and feel good about it when you do. If you want to start rewiring your mind just like this to change how you feel and how you behave using this transformational reprogramming tool in my 12-week program, just send me a message or use the link in the show notes to schedule a free call to see if we're a good fit to work together. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in